Hello, friends. Thank you for taking the time to tune in and listen to a little teaching I have for you today. My name is Rob Tucker, and I just was inspired by something I read in the Word of God the other day, and I want to share it with you because I think it is not only pertinent to my life, but I think it might be impacting for you. So if you have a couple minutes, I would appreciate your time. It starts in the book of John when Jesus is taken before Pilate. I was I was listening to my Bible app on my phone in the shower, and there's this moment when Jesus is brought right before Pilate. And Pilate asks him this question. Um, it's in John chapter 19, starting in verse 6. It, The Bible says, when Pilate heard this, he was even more afraid, and he went back inside the palace, and he said to Jesus, where do you come from? He asked Jesus, but Jesus gave him no answer. And then Pilate gets mad, and he says, do you refuse to speak to me? Pilate said, don't you realize I have the power either to free you or to crucify you? And I was listening to that, and this thing popped out in my head. It's like when when you think you've heard something before, and all of a sudden you realize, oh man, I've heard that quote, it's from a movie, or it's, it's a joke I've heard before, and it just pops out, and you just have to go and find it and see that connection. And it happened in this moment when Pilate asks Jesus, where do you come from? And then Jesus says nothing. And the whole story in this point of scripture is building up to Jesus claiming to be the son of God and then getting crucified for it. And the Jewish people are mad at him and the Roman people are wanting to torture him. And Pilate asks him, where do you come from? And it's like Jesus has this, this, this huge moment where he can say, you know, I come from heaven. I have been back and forth. I have condescended to you. I've brought who I am to save the world. And Pilate says, where have you come from? But Jesus gives him no answer. And right when I heard that question, right when I heard Pilate say, where have you come from? It clicked. And I thought of the book of Job, where that question, where have you come from, was asked before. And so in the book of Job chapter 2, it's a very, it's kind of a unique story. Um, It says, starting in verse 1, on another day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also came with them to present himself before him. And the Lord said to Satan, where have you come from? And Satan answered the Lord from roaming through the earth and going back and forth in it. And when I read the book of Job, I see, man, Satan comes up to heaven. He comes up to present himself before the Lord with all of the other angels, and and, and God immediately asks him, where have you come from? And in that, when I hear that question, I hear the almighty creator of the universe holding this fallen angel accountable for all of the evil that he's done in the world and is doing. Holding him accountable so that he has to say, I've been roaming to and and fro, sorry, and going through the earth and going back and forth in it. And God immediately holds him accountable and he must confess. And in that 
confession, he lowers himself in his own existence, in his mind, below God, and he's reminded that I am not God. I tried to be God, but I actually now have to answer to God, and I'm being held accountable. And so I was reminded of that question when I heard Pilate ask the same thing of Jesus, and then my mind started to wander, and I started to think, why didn't Jesus answer? And then the realization hit me that sometimes our interactions with people and the words that they say to us are actually an interaction with another realm that is trying to tear you down. Ephesians 6 would say that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it is against principalities, and it's against powers, and it's against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and it's against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, simply put, our struggle is not against people, but it's against an evil one who wants to communicate lies to us, who wants us to bow to him, who wants us to be submitted to the pain that he has for us. And I wondered when I heard Pilate asking that question, if if Jesus in that moment, his struggle wasn't against the human Pilate, wasn't against flesh and blood, but instead was against principalities and powers and spiritual darkness and even Satan himself. Because the reality was Satan had been asked this question by God, where have you come from? And he had to answer. And so in Jesus' most vulnerable moment when he's been beaten and he's brought before Pilate and he's about to be crucified, I see in, in, in my mind the enemy coming through Pilate and laughing at Jesus and saying to the very Son of God who was with God in the beginning of the world and who was God, saying, where have you come from now? almost in an effort to get him back, almost in an effort to say, I had to be accountable to you, God, and now, Jesus, you have to be accountable to me. And the most awesome and funny and strange and beautiful thing about all of that encounter is that Jesus gave him no answer. It's as if in his silence he says, I'm not going to play your circus game. It's as if in his silence he says, You don't have authority over me. I'm not going to answer you. I'm not going to prove myself to you. I am going to be who I am. And I am going to just exist as I am supposed to exist. And the reason this really stuck out to me is that if you're anything like me, you may feel the desire or the temptation to prove yourself to people, to answer their questions Who do you think you are? Where have you come from? What makes you think you can do that? Are you even good at this? And the reality is that God made you who you are. And the enemy has been held accountable to God throughout history for his evil deeds and for his tearing down people, for his destruction, his stealing and his killing and his destroying of people and atmospheres and now he comes back with the same questions to us who do you think you are where do you think you come from what type of identity do you think you 
truly possess. And when we try to prove ourselves and when we try to answer that, we get caught up in a game that we cannot win. It reminds me of a circus game where you throw the ball, try to get it in the bucket again and again and again, but it's a rigged game and you can't win. And in John 19, I see Jesus saying, I will not play this game. You, Satan, have been held accountable to God, but I will not be held accountable to you. And I wonder if you and I need to say the same things. Because as we are asked to prove ourselves, as we feel the temptation to need to show who we are and um, as strong or as mighty or as successful or as wise or as beautiful, I wonder if we for the sake of the image of God and who we are, we must give no answer to that. I wonder if it's our responsibility to acknowledge the truth that that question is not about us, but that question is more about the person asking it. And for us, it is more about an enemy who wants us to play a game that we cannot win. And so I heard a quote the other day that I would share with you that comes out of kind of this epiphany I had through reading in Job and in John, where God holds Satan accountable and then Satan turns around and tries to hold him accountable and now has turned around and tries to hold us accountable when he has no authority over us. And the quote is that what someone says about you, friends, is a reflection of them, not you. What someone says about you is a reflection of them, not you. When Satan tried to hold Jesus accountable and ask him, where have you come from? That was a reflection of him and his own embarrassment and his desire to be greater than God and try to lord himself over Jesus. It wasn't a reflection of Jesus and Jesus knew it, so he didn't prove himself and he didn't try. It was a reflection of the enemy and it was a reflection of Pilate and it was a reflection of the person asking the question, not the person being asked. So my hope for you today is that you see these questions that you get bombarded with every day. Are you enough? Can you be enough? Do you do enough? And you say, I'm not going to answer those questions. That you stand with Jesus, even in the midst of what feels like a fire at times. And you say, I will not answer I will be who I am. I am who I am. I will be who God created me to be. And these questions aren't worth my time. And so my hope for you is that you do that and that I do that. And that we remember, even in Jesus' silence, he was victorious over the great accuser and the questioner of identity. Your identity is with Christ and God will be the one who holds people accountable. And you have to prove yourself to no one. Because he sent Jesus to die on the cross for you, and he made you enough, and he made you who you are. And if you're, if you're strong, he made you strong. If you're wise, he made you wise. If you're smart, he made you smart. And, and each of us has traits that he has given us that no one else possesses the way that we do. And so when the temptation comes to try to be like someone else and act like someone else or be successful in a way that someone else is successful, 
please. Even if they say, don't you know that I could fire you or don't you know that I could crucify you or don't you know that I am this or that, that we stay silent and we stand with Jesus because we know that God is the one who rewards us and loves us. And that is all that matters, truly, friends. That is all that matters. Think about it. Pray about it. And I am so grateful to have 10 minutes of your time today to share this with you. Um, I hope that I can get something else up here soon. But I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you, and go in peace.